Grace, peace, and mercy be with you on this 10th Sunday after Pentecost through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. How many of you played, have played the game Mad Libs before? Charlie has, Jeff has, okay. If you haven't played it, here's how it works. One person has a story with several blanks in it. Under each blank, a part of speech is written. A noun, a verb, an adjective, a number, and so forth. The person holding the story asks another person to provide each part of the speech. But that person does so without knowing the story. So let's play it. Somebody give me a noun, and it could be a proper noun, it could be a name or a thing. Somebody give me a noun. Church. Now give me a verb, and preferably a past tense verb. Jumped. Another noun. Pastor, okay. Another noun. And a verb. Preached. We're almost done here. Uh, another verb. And lastly, another one final noun. Bread, okay. All right, so here's the sentence that we put together. Church so jumped the pastor that church gave his only people that whoever preached in church should not walked but have bread. Yeah, nonsensical, isn't it? Uh, when done throughout the entire story, you know, Mad Libs makes funny and confusing results. Now hold on to that thought for a minute while you think of John 3.16, arguably the most famous line from the Bible, right? And for good reason. You know how it goes. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Most of us can say this verse by heart. So it's important. It's the good news or the gospel in a nutshell. Of course, our sinful nature may cause us to forget how important this verse is, as well as the importance of the whole of Scripture. To avoid that today, though, let's take a look at John 3.16 in light of the game Mad Libs. And here's what I mean. You can boil the first part of John 3.16 down to a noun, a verb, and another noun. God so loved the world. Think about that verb there, loved. Is that what we'd expect to find in the blank? Well, you're going to be tempted to say yes, right? Because you know God loves the world. <clears throat> Consider what the Bible teaches concerning the relationship with God or the relationship He has with the world, though. He created it in six days. Everything that exists, skies, the seas, the land, everything in it and on it. And after each one of those days, God said it was good, right? Yes, but all that changed. The first two human beings God made were good at first, but they listened to Satan, the angel who had already been banished to the earth for trying to overthrow heaven. He hated what God had created. So he lied to Adam and Eve and got them to decide for themselves what was good and what was evil. They brought sin and death upon themselves. 
They brought it into the world, and we inherited it when we were made. All people have inherited it since Adam and Eve had children, all the way down to you and me. Much of the world today actively rebels against its creator because of sin. And God condemns sin with everlasting death as a consequence. That's the relationship with God and the world. Doesn't sound very good, does it? And if you put together a Mad Libs game using John 3.16, you'd be pressed to put condemned, judged, forsaken, abandoned, and so forth in the blanks where love is. That, that hits hard, and it's hard to hear because we, are no, we know we are in the world and we are part of it, part of the problem of sin. It's hard to argue against it when we've all trusted our money more than God or some other activity that prevents us from hearing God's word and receiving his supper at the altar. We can't deny we've used God's name to curse or shame someone else or even something. We can't deny we've despised authority that God has given over us, whether it's our parents, teachers, leaders, we can't deny we've hated others in our hearts, and maybe we didn't actually kill them, but we sure thought about it, even if it was just hoping they would die or disappear. I certainly can't deny any of it. When I think about that verb that fills in the blank between God and the world, between God and me, I know that the consequences of my rebellion must be in light of a God who condemns sin. And it's not love. What God has given us, though, doesn't make sense to us in this regard. What God has given us isn't what we deserve. What God has given us is His miraculous mission to save the world, which has rebelled against Him. That's called grace. And grace isn't supposed to make sense because grace isn't about what we do or what we deserve or don't deserve. Grace is strictly about what God does. The message of God's love, I mean, it's, uh, you can't deny that grace is all-encompassing, right? For grace, we have been saved through faith. And this is not our own doing, it is the gift of God and not the result of our works or what we do. So that none of us can what? Yeah, boast or brag about it. God's grace runs on love. And that's who God is first and foremost. Jesus fills in the blank between God and the world. He fills in the blank between God and you. God and me. God loved the world that he gave his son Jesus. To be what? Yeah, a propitiation, an appeasement between God and us. God holds his anger and his, con his condemnation and his judgment. He relents, holds it back on account of his son. Now, God hates sin, but he doesn't hate us on account of our sin. He loves us on account of Jesus taking our sin on himself for us. Confusing? 
Yes, surprising. Yes, when you, when you consider the whole story of God and his relationship with the world. But there's another surprising mad lib verb in the second part of John 3.16. You could put in the blank, showed. The father showed his son to the world. Or you could put, sent his son to the world. Or even flew or dropped his son to the world. But in reality, he gave his son. God the Father gave His Son into death on the cross so that you and I would have life. This is the miraculous mission of God. And that's what we're going to teach here this week at our Vacation Bible School. And I need your prayers. Because as I said, much of the world actively rebels against its Creator. No doubt, as in most years past, there's going to be one kid who's going to let me know the minute I start teaching, I hate God. I hate all this. The message of God's love may not resonate too well with some who aren't getting much love at home or the wrong kind of love or whatever. I don't pretend to know the reason why kids say the things they do, Nevertheless, the gift is there for them, right? As it is for everyone, including you and me. That's why we've been having VBS here since the 1940s. The kids come here with an open bag of faith, to God, faith for God to fill it with more. Some come with an empty bag. They don't know anything about God. And some with a bag they won't open or might be hesitant to at first. But when God's word is preached, the gift is in the bag for those who hear and believe. That's why we come here today as well. We've come to Jesus' table to eat his body and drink his blood for the forgiveness of our sin and strengthening of our faith. The gift is in the bag. By faith, God takes the miraculous mission he accomplished for the world and he gives it to you and the kids of our community. There's no sin of yours or mine so great that it was too heavy for Jesus to carry. And there's no sin too small he forgot to carry. He's forgiven us completely. Church so jumped the pastor that church gave his only people that whoever preached in church should not walk, but have bread. <laughs> for God so loved you that he gave his only son for you, that you who believe in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That's the truth. Amen.